It's something to carp about, and I'm Dennis Mitchell. For the past few months, I've been on a journey to learn as much as I can about the place I've been lucky enough to call my new home, Carpinteria, California. The podcast has featured some of the city's most prominent citizens, and I've decided that from here forward, you'll be hearing more of them more often. The podcast is switching to more of a magazine-style format with multiple guests and or topics within each one. To get the ball rolling, let's look back at what we've learned so far. Carpinteria is evolving maybe a little faster than some longtime locals would prefer. One of the hottest topics in town at the moment is the proposal to build a hotel at the parking lot next to the railroad tracks at Linden and 3rd Street. I found early on in my podcast adventure how passionate locals are on both sides of the issue, starting with consultant Tina Fernucci Frontado. When people say, oh, we don't want CARP to change, I'm like, what are you talking about? CARP yeah. has been changing since the day I was born. And right. if and if you go back even farther to even before we were incorporated, you know, when this was all lemons and avocados and oak trees and things evolve. And I, I don't even know where that comes from. Because it's it's not even really deep dive thinking. It's just kind of a mantra. Uh, yeah. We don't want CARP to change. Well, I want to say, well, first of all, how long have you been here? Um, CARP to change since when? Yeah, at what point? Since when we were incorporated? Do you want it frozen in yeah, time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and frozen in time isn't smart. Yeah. I mean, um, that's the whole point of having a historical association and is that you do then you can deem certain buildings historical but you know carp doesn't have a whole lot of those that would even be worthy of falling in um that category and i do feel like the new business like sunburst what sunburst had to go through the new little winery called sunburst that's terrible that's terrible that they would it would take them years to take an old dilapidated building that had sat there and i don't know how long sat that's been a long time, and have it transformed into something that was is appealing and inviting. And it was just licensing and uh, approvals. Oh, yeah, that it, they had it's to... it's a long, arduous yes. path. Well, I, know, I know that in Santa Barbara, the city of so, Car- yeah, uh, and very. Then, and some of that entails what the county feels. The last we heard about the Surfliner, it's going to be on the ballot. Uh, I've heard more approval of that right. than than any other one thing. It's like at least give us a chance to vote on it. Um, well, let me let me and, make and, some... and now the campaign begins to get the good information. It's like everybody I've talked to really just wants more information on it. Right. And so the Surfliner is not on the ballot. Oh, I thought it, it was. is not the initiative. The initiative is to rezone, actually change the general plan of the city and recategorize the definition of open space. I see. So they want to deem that parking lot that is commercial zoned in the downtown city of Carpinteria next to a train depot, open space. Uh Well, that effectively puts it on the ballot, I guess. Oh, no, it is going to, but that's what you're voting on. Do you want to change the general plan or not? Uh The problem with that is once it gets changed into open space, and now that would allow an overlay of residential. So then the state could come in and say, because of where it is, because it's so close to transportation, and each jurisdiction now in the state of California has got to build so many residential houses within a certain period of time, and if they don't meet that milestone, 
they're fined right. a ridiculous amount daily. Yeah, you know yeah, that. Yeah, I followed that. Right. So this could open up for an overlay of that, where that could then be turned into affordable housing, three stories high, the size of Costco down yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I think it's the most ridiculous. Can I say asinine on the radio? Oh, you can asinine say whatever you want on a podcast. Use of <laughs> time and materials, all because one neighbor over there does not want it. And she has brilliantly, effectively launched a campaign for the last three years against this initiative. And, and that's the other, the, the yin and the yang of Carpinteria. It doesn't take a whole lot to get people yeah. riled up. Several weeks later, I spoke with Annie Sly, a former restaurateur who is now spearheading the effort to keep the Surfliner Inn from being built. People want more information about this. Mm-hmm. You had said contingency plans are a major concern here. It's like they don't have enough what if behind their plan if, so, if things don't go right. Uh, and uh, I can concur with that. I, I, I don't hear a lot of that, you know. And, and I appreciate your viewpoint having been in such close proximity to the project. Uh, this is good stuff. This is like uh, getting, getting uh, equal input as far as uh, whether it should or should not be there. Well, if somebody said to me, if you still had the, the restaurant, wouldn't you be in favor of the hotel? All I can do is speculate. I can't really know whether I would. That's you know, a pretty good question, though. Yeah, you I, know. I know. I that's all I could do. I could speculate, and I, I hope that I would put carp before, you know, some some additional guests coming into the restaurant, because I think that in so many ways this is really bad for carp. It sets a precedent for this kind of commercial development by the beachfront. And if we allow one hotel and then another hotel wants to come in, say, well, you allowed so-and-so, what about us? Mm-hmm. I think it's a very bad precedent to set. And I don't think we need to change the character, the look, the feel of that downtown area, that gateway to the beach. It's... It's big. It's cumbersome. It blocks views. And we, we talked about parking a little bit. They did a parking study that said that CARP had more than enough parking, more mm-hmm. than we need. Mm-hmm. And my answer to that is, so what? You know, on on busy summer weekends, of course, that's not true. You try to park down by the beach, it's impossible. Right. You have, you know, the avocado festival or other things going on in town. And obviously, that's not all the time. And if the parking lot is underused, so we have an underused parking lot. So what? That's not costing anybody anything. And the amount of money coming into the coffers that they predict may or may not be accurate. What are we giving up for that amount? The the city budget seems to be fine. Property taxes are more than ever, growing all the time. Cannabis taxes are huge. And the cannabis industry is hugely philanthropic Mm -hmm. and donate all kinds of money to the community. So how does this really benefit CARP? It benefits tourists and it benefits the developer. But it doesn't really benefit CARP, in my opinion. Annie Sly is now the spokesperson for a group known as Save Our Downtown Open Space. To find out more about the developer's plans, go to thesurflinerin.com.
The ballot issue in November will be here before we know it, and I'm pledging to stay on top of the story here on the podcast and at CarpenteriaValleyRadio.com. Every town loves a good rumor, and the one that's generated the loudest buzz locally around here concerns whether a Trader Joe's will be built in Carpinteria. The rumor had died down for a while until surfing author and photographer Brent Flouten appeared on the podcast. Yeah. The Surflander is a little more complicated issue, uh, and we're voting on that in November. The city of Carpinteria is as far as changing parking lot number three uh-huh. next to the next to the railroad yeah. tracks into a, a boutique hotel. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. And that one, that's an ongoing issue for yeah. the past I don't know, five or six years. Yes. They've been talking about building that. And so that comes to a head in November when we vote on changing the city plan to allow that parking lot to be used for that purpose. Yeah. So I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, very mixed um, reaction among locals. Uh, as far as some seeing it as as necessary, it'll bring people in. They'll spend money downtown and and leave, uh, is the way one half puts it. The other way, the other half being, we have a place for hotels. It's out by one hundred one. We don't want that right. there. And where will all that parking go? Well, that's a huge. That's that's the key right there. Where is the parking going to go? Where is all the traffic going to go? You know, I've heard also that um, Trader Joe's is has purchased or is in the process of purchasing uh behind uh or eye of the day or uh what did it uh, up there by carl's jr see now that's that's been one of the hottest rumors since long before i came here there was the trader joe's and carl yeah. rumor yeah <laughs> this one's real um the one on linden died uh, a slow death um, didn't know there was one yeah they were going to put it in that hardware store Oh, but they never did open it. No. They were just proposing to put yeah, it Yeah, and, and they were going to do, you know, terrain, subterranean parking and all that. I was like, Ooh. how? But anyway, that fell by the wayside. So now the talk is uh, literally next to Carl's Jr. Because the thing about Trader Joe's, they like to be next to an on-ramp and an off-ramp. That's their whole thing. Every store is close proximity within a half mile to an on-ramp. So that's what they're doing. And... Um, you're gonna have a certain amount of traffic. It's it. Luckily for the Trader Joe's, that's kind of out a little away from town. Right. I I don't feel like Carpinteria has the structure to handle a big hotel that's gonna bring in a ton of people. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm my my site is small. Within a couple of days, the rumor resurfaced on Ed Hat with some followers unaware of the previous controversy. So I decided to contact Trader Joe's and find out once and for all whether a store is coming to Carpinteria. Their answer was a formal, not at this time. And so we wait. By the way, my first podcast with Brent still stands as the most popular because of his passion for surfing and the community surrounding it. This is something to carp about as we reset, recap, and review. We'll be right back. Every day, 70,000 puppies or kittens are born in the U.S. Cute, right? Well, what's not cute is that half of all litters are accidents. And when a kitten has a litter of oopsies and a puppy has a litter of uh uh-ohs, pretty soon you have thousands and thousands of OMGs. And that leads to millions of pets being killed in shelters each year. But if 80% of people with pets say they believe in spaying and neutering, then what gives? Turns out that those sweet little fuzzballs can get pregnant sooner than you think. A lot sooner. But here's the good news. You can stop the accident before it happens. You just have to remember one number. 
four, as in four months. When you bring home Maggie or Ruby or Puddles or Clyde, get them fixed at four months old. It can be old enough to get pregnant, and it's definitely young enough to make a difference. Prevent more. Fix at month four. Visit fixat4.com for more information. Brought to you by Best Friends Animal Society. A special edition of Something to Carp About as we look back at all we've accomplished so far and look ahead to a new magazine-style format for the podcast. Carpinteria is evolving into one of the most productive areas in the state for growing cannabis. The town has a long history of successful agriculture, including vegetables, fruits, and cut flowers. And cannabis has provided jobs and therefore a higher standard of living for many Carpinterians. My cannabis go-to guy for Something to Carp About is Alex Robles. Legal cannabis has has a long way to go. I mean, we can say it's, we can call it legal. It's really quasi-legal, quasi-accepted. Yeah. Well, you can go to a store and buy pot. You know, you can. If yeah. you're lucky enough. But yeah. If, if you're lucky enough. You're I in mean, the right place. You can't here in your town, uh, even though. That's true. In your town, it butts up on the county line that has more legal cannabis licenses than Humboldt County. Right. Right. Well, let's get into that, okay? Uh, this is something to carp about. It's a show about Carpinteria. Carpinteria, one of the top three growing areas in the whole state right now. You're in Ojai, okay? So here we have the contrast. I'm right on the border of Santa Barbara and Ventura counties. Uh, those counties are handling it in a much different way. I'm shocked that there are no dispensaries in Ventura proper. You have them there in Ojai. So it gets to be uh, I don't know. Are we? Is it statewide? This shifting the the responsibility and what needs to be done to the county and putting places in outlying county areas as opposed to in the actual county seat in a municipality. Yeah, you know, I, I have no idea what it is. That that's a that's a good question. I mean, the county's really just about what is another revenue stream, right? And all politics are local, man. Yeah. Once you get. I mean, Carpinteria is a beautiful town, and it's a beach community, but it's still a small town community that really, for a long time, it was family and retirement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then five, six years ago, the cannabis industry comes in and is bigger than what the residents expected it to be. You know, not to say they didn't have a voice, because there were always county council meetings where you could have shown up. Yeah. But again, the small community of Carpinteria wasn't, they were taken by surprise of how big it was going to be. Right. You know. Uh, and, and there is talk, uh, again, with the county-city issue of providing Carpinteria with the dispensary in the Santa Claus Lane area, which is over the county line. So technically, oh, is that right? Yeah. So technically, you have Carpinterians would be able to use that, but that isn't really officially a part of Carpinteria. It's in the county. I think that's a mistake, man, because... Look, Carpinteria is really letting a lot of that money go elsewhere. You know, everything you want to see in your community be dealt with, roads, after school programs, whatever it is. I'm not saying you should heavily tax cannabis for it, but it can help. Well, the growers are being taxed, the way I understand it. And, and thank goodness for uh, the growers in Carpinteria being so proactive. Are they being taxed for the city of Carp? I think so. I couldn't swear to that. It's probably more county. And I, I hate to come off uh, ill-informed on that. I really don't know. But it would appear to be a no-brainer of the money it would bring in. Uh, and, and a lot of it gets down to, you know, old, old notions about what cannabis brings 
uh, when it shows up in a community. Uh, notions you'd think we would have gotten past by now. You would think, but you know what? I mean, we have to understand. I mean, the propaganda is 80 years deep. You know, we're talking about two generations that were raised on marijuana is bad for a community. Marijuana will lead to the downfall of you and your family. That's two generations. That's a lot. I, I, I can understand and, you know, yeah, I can get frustrated about, oh, my God, it should be taking longer. We're living in the future, 2022, and we still have these small-minded ideas in charge of the greater community. I get that. Yeah. I get that. But where we need to start at is really educating or at least asking those people or at least talking about those ideas saying, okay, what is the problem you have with cannabis? All science aside, because everything prohibition is going to throw at you really isn't true. Uh, yeah, law enforcement and cannabis. Okay, let's go just the recent stuff. So cannabis is probably one of, is the most, let's put it in quotes, abused drug in the world. Okay, I was going to okay. get to that. Yeah. Okay, now, which makes it a very easy target for law enforcement because most more people use cannabis at any time, at any period in time, than any other drug, whether that's cocaine, heroin, whatever the fancy drug of choice is of the decade that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Cannabis has always been the most used or most abused, however you want to look at it, drug. So again, it's easy to pick people up because there's a lot of us out there. And if you make it illegal, you make a whole bunch of criminals out of otherwise real law-abiding citizens. Right. So, yeah, you cast a wide net, you go into schools, you get kids young and tell them, hey, look, all drugs are bad. Cannabis is a Schedule One because we say so, because we're making up science, because the real science doesn't really, you know, you, if you follow it, it's not, it's not, comparatively, right. does less damage. Right. Again, cannabis isn't a panacea. It's not going to, you know heal all wounds and, and, and answer all questions for the community, but it does less harm than any other legal or illegal drug going from, you know, nicotine to alcohol to prescription painkillers. Alex Robles is the host of the extremely popular podcast In My Grow, which we feature every day at CarpenteriaValleyRadio.com. And he even has a cannabis radio station, Green Coast Radio. We've also been privileged to have the head of Carp Growers, Peter Dugray, as part of the fun, and we'll be talking to him again soon as well. Carpinteria has so much for so many, including our very own record store. Murphy's Vinyl Shack has been a fixture of the local music scene for years and years, having recently moved from its longtime location off Carpinteria Avenue over to the main drag, Linden Avenue, and my chat with proprietor Kevin Murphy is also one of the most popular I've produced thus far. About your clientele then, Carpinteria is a little tiny town. Uh, and it, it, like I said, it it's, does my heart good to know that uh, there are that many music lovers here that would descend on a place like, like this. But I assume you get a lot of people from out of town as well. I, I pick up Record Collector Magazine and I have the desire to like tour and go up the coast and hit all the good record stores. Yeah, we get we get that a lot. You know, we're, we're a little sleepy little getaway town. And so uh, when we decided to open the store, we felt this was a perfect application because this town's like, you know, it's a, it may vary from the Andy Griffith show. It's, it's very yep. laid back. Yep. And, and it's, it's kind of a little jewel on the 101. And there are so many little jewel towns like this one on the 101. But for people coming up through and down the coast, and there's a lot of people that come through Santa Barbara and 
back to LA or from the Bay Area. And this offers another, uh, you know, venue for them to go to someplace to check out. And I think it's worked good for the town too that that we're getting young people and all ages kind of coming out here that offers another venue when they're in town. But it, when they're traveling through 101, now they know that we're here. The, they have attention to stop, and they're going to come camping. And for their kids, it's another venue for them. Hey, we got the record store, you know, to go to too. And and, and it, it, it's it's a perfect placement because we also get the kids from the Santa Barbara, the college kids, and uh, we try to make it a, a nice venue for the vibe of the old record store. Have you always done business in Carpinteria, or did you have a store anywhere else? No, this is, uh, we did a career change, okay. like most of us are doing, and I was burned out. I was in sales and selling security hardware through distribution. Mm. We do a lot of traveling, and I was kind of tired of it. And mm -hmm. uh, we were looking something to do something different. All the kids were grown, and we were looking to find another, another path. And uh, this is something we always liked, and we always had a lot of music at our house, and always had a lot of stuff on the wall pertaining to the bands and music we listened to. So we, we thought we had a good idea, and uh, and then we uh, then we started to go into it more deeper and deeper, and then we got some help from some local people in the uh, community in the Chamber of Commerce in Ventura, and told us what we might want to do, and gave us you know some thoughts and. Uh, and then we started, and uh, that little location we started, and now we're in a bigger location, and it's been a blast. It really has been. Right. A record store is like a, and we were referring to this earlier, it's just a wonderful little meeting place. Uh, you know, nobody's going to stumble in here wondering what you have. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's got a general store type atmosphere. And when you see some of the regular people that come in, and, and it's no different from when we were kids, uh, it, it gave you locations to wander and do your thing and not have any pressing you to buy something and um, just you know envisioning what you might get on after you mowed those la next five lawns that you <laughs> might be able to afford been there and and so it's fun and and, and everybody i talk to has a, a tower record or a warehouse record store or looks piece they hung out they would ride their bike for miles to go into for to, to hang out for a better part of a day no difference now. We, 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 we kind of wanted to incorporate that vibe of just come in and wander around. It's okay. And, and music. I mean, you're very knowledgeable. I've come in here and spent hours just talking stuff with you of, of, of good bands we like, shows we've seen. I think that the corridor for music is always open. You're always learning something different. You always have something tied in. And I and I, people share these wonderful stories of them interacting with maybe a, a certain musician or knowing a story. And it's their stories, and and they're but they're fun to listen to. Mm -hmm. And it's just uh, I think the the, the store offers a, of a of a way to communicate with people. And, and during the whole COVID time, we've had a, such a time to to communicate. This offers a a genre that we're all familiar with and that we all, all have a tale and, 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 and with music we've all connected even if we're, we grew up on the East Coast or the West Coast we're listening to all s similar music yeah we're all laughing the same movies yeah. you know we all we all share that that inner thing yeah and and when, you, when people kind of come in here we will start laughing we have a lot of travelers from around the world that come through this area and, and that's something we all start tying in about a concert or a, a right. show we had gone to or an adventure in that in itself. Mm -hmm. So it's fun. Let me ask you then, uh, outside of music, rock and roll, and, and, and what we've been discussing, as far as a business owner in this town, Carpenteria is in quite a period of transition right now. 
uh, with, the, with the one-on-one widening. Um, this could have an impact on our infrastructure in terms of bringing more people here and whatnot. How has it been doing business with the city? Have they made it easy for you? Has it been, has it had its challenges with uh, county, city licensing, whatever? I think anytime you're dealing with the city and their format, you have to, you have to bend to their, their will. Right, and, and and I find that most of us they have they have a, we all have a common cause that have a good community that, that that everybody can walk in and feel safe and comfortable in. I, I can't blame anybody on the, all the all the mother nature stuff we've had in the last five years. We've had mm -hmm. fires, we had floods, we had debris flow, we have a pandemic. We're prepping for locusts next year to come our way. We don't know what to expect. Anytime, murder hornets. <laughs> that, that, that's that. So you, you kind of go with the flow on it. I, we were lucky because we had a lot of, uh, of, of really loyal and friendly customers that even during the tough times, they were making sure that somehow they were able to get their purchase in to give us support. Uh, everybody has been very, very, very uh, supportive and, and hospitable about our business and wanting to make sure that we're, we're here, that we survive, and that we want to be part of the community. The nice thing about the, the CARP and the residents are that most of them understand um, tourism is part of our life and it brings us and so we can all live together. So they, they accept to work around it and, and live within it, but they, they all are, are rooting for us. Kevin Murphy will be a regular part of the newly configured podcast in a segment we're going to call The Vinyl Say. This is something to carp about, and we'll be right back. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to this special edition where we're looking back on the podcasts of 2022 so far. Finally, one of the real highlights of the podcast's first run was a chat with the 2020 Carpenterian of the Year, Beth Cox. Beth, how does Carp manage to stay so pure when times are so cynical? Oh, um, I think, again, the people. Um, I mean, the, the beauty is just incredible here. Um, I, I walk daily with my dogs, as I said earlier. Um, the Franklin Trail is incredible. Our our farms are it's just, you know, one of a kind, both flowers and cannabis. Um, and I don't know, we've, we've, we've been through the ringer here in Carpentria. Um, you know, f flood, fire, fire, flood, and a pandemic. Um, and uh, this community is, is one of a kind. And I think that that's another reason why going back to the balance and uh, um, change and, and do we change or do we stay the same? Um, you know, there's definitely transplants like yourself, like me, who have moved here and, and, and make um, 
make this place their home and and um, add to the community and add to the goodness and the um, purity of it. Um, but there is definitely something about the people that that are here, um, and I and I I definitely think that's that's how we've all kept our heads above water. Well, you refer to the adversity we've seen in recent years, just in general on the South Coast, and it's more. It seems to me it's like Carpinteria came out of it not with this, with a toughness warrior proven kind of attitude, but with a smile on its face. Yes, and things could actually still be worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Seems to be a town that enjoys a good rumor. Uh, you know, we have some celebrities who live here. It's always a matter of what you've heard and who's coming and going, and then there's Trader Joe's. <laughs> And the Palms. The Palms is not reopening, okay? I was going to get that. I was going to get to the Palms. I really was. I mean, uh, we all want it. I actually, I think I'm pretty sure it was last night. I had I had a dream that I was at the Palms and I was eating the croutons. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it is, it, you know, it, we're, we have little secret celebrities here in town. And, and, you know, we've got our halos and we've got our pitchforks. And um, and I and I, I feel like it also goes back to... Uh, um, the local mentality of, of us living here. And we're small, you know, I mean, things get around, but I'm pretty sure Kevin Costner is not buying the palms. Um, well, what have you heard? I mean, um, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to get a podcast together on that topic. Yeah. The Bennett's don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, leaning more toward grabbing people for their memories of what happened and everything, but we know it's for sale. Yes. Uh, there's a listing. You can go look at the video for that. But right. that's right where the information seems to stop. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I feel, I feel, I feel for those guys. You know, because they can't walk down the. They're celebrities themselves. Um, they can't walk down the street without being asked questions. So, mm-hmm. just leave them alone. They worked. <laughs> they they worked a really long, hard, hard um, life, and and I think they just want to, you know. I feel like COVID and the pandemic kind of changed things for them and got got perspective of, you know, life is incredible without working in a restaurant on a daily basis or running a restaurant on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of respect their, you know, wanting to just be done and it is what it is. And But it would be really nice if we could have some kind of a goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be a closure, uh, seems yeah. to have been missing in, in the whole affair there. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and then there's the future. It's yeah. like, uh, everybody is so intensely curious. I would put this at the number one rumor in town, even ahead of Trader Joe's, yeah. because we kind of put that to bed a couple weeks ago. It's an open-ended kind of thing. Everybody, I think is hoping upon hope mm-hmm. for a, 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 an ownership group or owner that is like the ones we just had. Right. Yeah. Is that too much to hope for? No, and to keep it the way that it that has been, you know, that was its own community too, you know. I mean, how many avocado festivals did I hang out there after my husband's band played, you know? Um it it is an integral part of this community for sure. But things change. Yeah. You know, yeah. and unfortunately a pandemic took took it to change, so yeah, and, and like we've been saying, it's it's just a matter of wanting the story to have a, a happy ending. Yes, you know, for sure, uh, uh, because and, the, the place is so beloved. And some croutons <laughs> that would help. <laughs> I mentioned the Trader Joe's rumor earlier; it's one of the hottest in town. But since that's been put to bed for now, locals really want to know what's going on with the Palms. As you heard Beth Cox say, just one of the most special places in the downtown district. 
and we'll be covering the new era of the hotel by looking back at its heyday and why locals love it so much. Even with all we've covered so far, there's still a lot to take in from the amazing little beach community of Carpinteria, California. Thanks for listening. I'm Dennis Mitchell, and I'll be back very soon with the first newly formatted edition of Something to Carp About. (laughs) 